Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Kyle here. That you know, I got so in stereo podcast is back. We're back for a Super Bowl edition of the podcast, and because of that, Ed is too busy out there partying um, at his backyard barbecue. So I've only got Tom with me. Um, Tom, instead of the backyard barbecue, I hear you were having hot pockets, right? Hot pockets, getting ready for the Super Bowl, American football. You ever heard of that? Yep. They don't have that in Canada. Well, they have a Canada Football League, don't they? They do. They do. Um, our uh, no. our halftime headline act is usually not as big as as yours, but who's uh who's headlining no. this this year? Gaga, R and B. You got to go the safe route now because uh, Justin Timberlake ruined it for everyone with Janet Jackson that year. Yep. <laughs> But anywho, Tom, um, a lot to talk about in R&B. We've been gone for about two weeks, so we got some catching up to do. Um, first of all, Tom, before we get into your topic, can we just get into something really quickly? Yeah, go for it. What's an album? What's an R&B album that you're looking forward to in February? <laughs> That's not fair, man. You know, there's nothing coming out in February. Isn't that crazy, though? Well, Case put out an... All I did find out the Case thing wasn't really an album. It was four songs. So. Oh, okay. Which, by the way, Case that... Case put out a surprise album. Which, by the way, that Unsung episode was really good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. They, uh, they did well. Yeah, I, these Unsung episodes are, real, are, are good for R&B. I don't know how many people or viewers they're getting, but... There's so few people supporting R&B left that stuff like that really helps. Yeah, and it's cool because like we've both met Case, and you know on, on the uh, on the unsung we got to see people that um, we've met before as well, like his road manager. Yeah. So that was cool. But anywho, um, shout outs to Case. Love him. We'll probably have him on a podcast one of these days, but. Uh, we wanted to actually get into something. You and I were actually debating about this on uh, on the phone the other day, and it all started with the new Mariah Carey single with YG. So what you're asking me is, what is our topic for this podcast? Yep. It is following the trends in R&B music. And uh, ironically, you mentioned that Mariah song, because I did say she was being a little trendy with it. but. Sure. Then you kind of reminded me that we've had plenty of legends before who have kind of went for the more current sound in their work as they've grown older. So um, it was produced by our friends Brian Michael Cox and Jermaine Dupree. My argument was, and I'm not, I don't want to turn this into another rant, I'd more so just look back at the history of how current sounds have influenced artists and legends, but... Um, my point was, I always felt like a legend to be setting the trends, not following any trends. Sure. Do you think that's realistic? Um, yeah, but you also have to understand it's a, it's a different world now. Um, my biggest thing is, if you're going to follow a trend, it better be quality. And not to bring up Usher again, but No Limit is not a quality <laughs> yeah. song. But he was following the We're trends. Not even, <laughs> We're not even five minutes into this podcast yet, and Usher already came up. I think that might be the last time he comes up. But with the Mariah song, I don't think it was... I mean, obviously you hear the trap drums on it and she is kind of singing, rapping. But I think 
the elements of it are still R&B. I mean, you have the Donnell Jones sample on it. She's still singing for most of the song. And YG, who I thought would be a piece of garbage on this song, wasn't actually that. He wasn't too bad. Yeah, but here's my counterpoint. And I was impressed to see her shout out Donnell Jones on uh, Twitter. You know, I'm impressed she knows who Donnell Jones is because oh, she's been on. known <laughs> to not know who Cert. She's no, because she's been known to not to act like she doesn't know who other artists are. You've seen that. Yeah, she doesn't know who Jennifer I think it's Lopez all, is. <laughs> I think that's all an act, but whatever. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, my point know. is, um, no, my my point is this though. <clears throat> Do you know trap drums is is a quality of like younger fans who are into sure. that. Are there are there younger fans who really care about Mariah Carey's music at this point that she really needs to include those elements? Um, that is an interesting question. I think some of it I agree is just her trying to hold on to that legacy and trying to stay relevant in, in today's industry. But I think some of it I think she just wants to make that type of music. I'm not a hundred percent sure on it, but the 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 debate that we were having is. Ten years ago, Mariah hopped on a track with the Neptunes, or actually two songs with the Neptunes. Um, the Snoop Dogg record, Say Something, that's a great record. I don't consider that to be trendy at all. But he, she also had a song with Nelly, uh, To the Floor, which I don't believe you actually heard, which was kind of funny. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was crazy. I'm like, dude, Mariah has two songs with the Neptunes, and you're just like, which? And I'm like, the one with Snoop and the one with Nelly, and you're like, Nelly. And I'm like, well, that means you didn't listen to the, the second half of the album. Yeah, um, I think I might have tried to erase that one from memory, but I'm not sure. It's funny, though, without thinking back, that Nelly was actually a trendy artist. Because when I was in high school, it was like, oh, man, Nelly's like this new hip-hop artist. Like, he's so good. Now, thinking back, I'm like, damn. Nelly was, like, trendy, like, as can be. Yep. Am I, is, is that is that incorrect? <laughs> um, No, you're right. You know what it is, though? Um, I think even back in the day... And this is something I, I just read up on, and I don't want to get too much into hip-hop. But, for example, like the Vanilla Ice and the MC Hammers back in the day, we all knew that they weren't real hip-hop artists. They were fun artists, but I don't think anyone would consider them to be, you know, the authentic hip-hop artists. Because we had alternatives. We had Nas. We had Jay-Z early on. So, my whole point is, like, the problem with today's industry is... Like, people like Little Yachty and who else is there? Name some other hip-hop artists that you like. I really can't name anyone, to be honest. 21 Savage. <laughs> like, the the youth today, they don't they can't differentiate between someone that's just making music for fun and someone that's a real artist. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but thing is, though, yeah, but think about it like this, though. Like, I remember I th- when Nelly came out. Yeah. I, and Nelly didn't... I don't think Nelly was... Like, I remember MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice. It was almost like they were not... They were like pop from the start. I feel like Nelly was mixed in with hip-hop. Like, he was considering himself like an actual hip-hop artist. Like, he was going for the, you know, that category. Yeah. I don't don't know that MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice were, like, really trying to be the biggest hip-hop artists. I think they were just making catchy music at the time. Sure. I well, I don't you remember when Nelly was beefing with uh, who was it, KRS One? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there was a huge division in hip hop when that happened. Exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know, but it seems like nowadays, like 
no one's gonna consider Soldier Boy a real rapper. But well, as a year- we've gone we've we've gone so far now. Yeah. We're so far away yeah. from where it started. Yep. You know. Yep. But anywho, back to R and B. Um. So in, in your case of um, whether you know hopping on trends is cool, and do we even consider the Neptunes at a time to be a trend? I mean, you had Britney Spears hopping on Neptune tracks. Um, all these pop artists were hopping on it. Uh, no Doubt was on it, Gwen Stefani. So, I don't know. Do you consider well, it to be a trend? I'd have to say yes. That made me think about it. Mm-hmm. But look at it like this. If Mariah put out Always Be My Baby, like an updated version of it that was current to today, but still a ballad, like a super ballad today, and that was her single. Do you think it would make any noise? Not unless it had some trap drums on it. So, damn, well, that's a problem right there. I yeah. mean, that's a huge problem, don't you think? Well, I don't know the alternative to that, though. I mean, and now now we've realized why they're why she's going in the direction she is. So, yep. I'm not mad. I, we, we know why they're doing it. Yeah. It's just unfortunate, the circumstances. Well, I, I had talked about this with someone else. Um... I believe it was, it was on Facebook, and it seems like, I mean, it's just disappointing to me to listen to urban radio these days, especially in R&B, where the veterans are drawing so much influence from the younger crowd. It's like, like even, right. the, even the Mary J. Blige song, Thick of It, I love that song, um, and some of it is reminiscent of classic Mary, but some of yeah. it is a little too updated for my liking, and shout out to Camper, that's a good friend of ours, but... It's just like, how, how far are these artists going to be able to go with a current sound before they deviate from their their core audience? But the thing about Mary is, at least it's an Urban AC single. You know, she's not trying for younger hip-hop radio. Sure. Unless I'm mistaken. I, I haven't seen it targeted there, but I think she's been number one for 14 weeks on there. Yep. Um, and at least she's making music that can be played in that in an age bracket, she's not like trying to in- incorporate too many younger elements. Sure. So you know it's what, some integrity there. You know what though, Mariah is is an interesting case because I don't know if she fits under that urban AC market because she's had such a huge legacy in pop. I don't think the urban AC crowd even accepts Mariah all the way as urban AC. I think they probably would though. What was her last? Big it's song an interesting on urban question. AC? I don't think even the major. It's an interesting question. Yeah. <clears throat> but but here's my thing. If you interviewed all these fans of, you know, grown R&B, I think they'd say they like Mariah's music, especially the older stuff. Sure. You tell me if she made a, a great grown R&B song, they wouldn't li- listen to it or like it? Yeah, I guess you're right. But um, another thing that I mentioned is, you know, we're here complaining about Mariah hopping on trends, but... I came across a post on a forum back in, like, 1999. It was archived. And fans were mad that Mariah was hopping on the 98 Degrees and Joe bandwagon for Thank God I Found Now that's you. interesting. Think about that. That's interesting. Right? Because at that time... That is. At that time, Mariah was coming off... My timeline might be wrong, but I think she was coming off Glitter then. And she was going through all sorts of, you know... Uh, problems and yeah. Joe and 98 Degrees were both climbing the way up to pop. You know, you had 98 Degrees with What's your favorite 98 Degrees song, Tom? Oh man, I love the Invisible Man song. Yep. 
Well, that song that's wasn't. A, that's a pop record. That song wasn't um, the one that climbed them all the way to the top of pop, but it is a great song. But you had Joe, who was uh, on his way to, uh, to to achieving pop success as well. And if I remember correctly, Mariah so, also did a song with Brian McKnight. So you're just gonna act like we should know 98 degree songs like it's nothing. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> this is an R&B podcast. Hey, their first album. Did you actually was- listen to? Did you listen to NSYNC? Just be honest. I did. I I absolutely did not. Oh, Backstreet Boys, no. No? Britney Spears, no. You just discovered a Britney Spears song like two weeks ago, that boy's original version with the Neptunes. I listened to every Neptune song that I knew of at yep. the time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, but, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I didn't listen to pop music, but go ahead. Yeah, but, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, well, 98 Degrees was, was sort of R&B. They, didn't they kind of fall under that pink debut album realm where it was pop, but there were a lot of R&B elements to it? I didn't listen to their debut, so I can't say for sure. But they were marketed towards um, like pop all the way, though. I That's think the thing. After, after they were marketed the, towards teens. I think after the first album. Their first album was more so yeah, for R&B, I believe. Because I believe they were molded yeah. after uh, Boys to Men. Well... Their first album was actually on Motown. Yep. Well, actually, their second one was too, but I, I don't know what Motown was, what sound they were into at the time, but I yep. found that interesting. Hmm. Um, some other news that we want but to anyway. talk about. Um, the new edition biopic. Wait, well, I want to talk more about the trends, though. Okay, let's continue let's... On, that, on that path. All right, we'll talk about new edition later. <clears throat> new edition, hold on. Right now... Let me ask you a question. Looking yeah. at the trends through the years of R&B, New Jack Swing, do you consider that a trend? Oh, yeah. You oh, consider yeah. that a trend? Yeah. What, what do you wow. consider that? Wow. Well, what's the difference between a trend or, like, if a whole genre evolves together, you know? Um, okay, so here's my thing, right? Um, New Jack Swing is a very specific sound. The drum patterns are a certain way. The tempo is a certain way. Like, my whole thing is if you listen to that song, you can exactly pinpoint the year that it came out. Right. If I listen to, let's say, for example, Let Me Love You by Mario, that's just R&B evolving from the 90s, but you can't exactly pinpoint the year that it came out. I mean, obviously, if you know the song, Mm. you can, but, like, you can put a boys to men or 112 song on the same playlist as mario and you wouldn't question you know whether you know that there were time differences but if you put a new jack swing song on right dj Soulchild's going nuts <laughs> wow yep okay fair enough so we would say sorry right, so that's fine so we're saying new jack swing ended early mid 90s yep some would say it never ended uh it's you know, but that's another story. <laughs> well, Bruno Mars then, brought um, it back, so. Yes. But then what came after that? Like, what was the next trend that came after that? I would say it's probably the... I mean, hip-hop soul is a is a very broad term. I don't consider that a trend. That was just, you know, R&B evolving. Um, I would say one of the trends that happened was the Timbaland sound, where the drums, you know, it was like a stuttering... 
Well, that's what the Double point I was making was. That's when we shifted drum. away from live instrumentation and went more electronic. Like, because if you remember, studio made sounds. No, for sure. If you think about it, you remember the first Seven Hundred Two album? Yeah, like that was just like some straight up traditional R and B. But once their second album came out, everything sounded like a Timbaland beat. It was just, you know, the the drum patterns were a little different. And I think, to be honest, that whole time. Like 1999, that's when everyone started adapting that Timbaland sound. Uh, that's the point, you know. I was I was making in that previous podcast is that uh, that's when we lost the live instrumentation, slowly but surely for the you know for the mainstream when Timbaland helped define his new sound and kind of shift the sound. But I don't know if that was a trend or more so shifting of the of the genre and evolving. Yeah, hmm, that's an interesting point. Um, I would consider... What would you consider the Indian era? <laughs> the Indian era? Yep. That was like a Timbaland era, wasn't it? I mean, the Neptunes did some stuff as well. They had that Nas song that we were uh, talking about. I I, I, no, I wouldn't really consider that a genre-wide thing, though. Oh, okay. Um, and then, what, Truth Hurts had that one song that was... Mm, yeah, you're right. I, yeah, I mean, I that, was like a, that was like a slight... Yeah, I don't think that necessarily crossed uh, over. Um, and then we had the Neptune, but we had like the Neptune Zero. What did like Ada Wait start coming to the picture for R and B? Oh man, um, it, it, so I think the the beginnings of it was the Kanye album, Ada Wait and Heartbreak. Uh, that was the beginning of it. Drake came along, and it became super moody and sad and depressing uh, and you know what though it, it's gone to the point now where this is just my opinion the trap sound is even worse than the DJ Mustard era man uh, I have no comment I don't listen to any of it <laughs> well at least the DJ Mustard stuff it was fun but this trap stuff that's going on you can't even understand what they're saying it's just a bunch yeah. of chanting so yeah yeah I mean, well, think back. Like, remember you mentioned the hip hop soul era, yeah. not era, but like when that when that came through. Sure. When did I think we may have talked about this before? But at what point did hip hop surpass R and B in popularity? Because then you can kind of see when R and B started borrowing elements from hip hop in their production hmm. in their in their style. Well, I would say that ooh, that's a that's an interesting question. I feel like when. Kanye came out with the college dropout. It was still pretty R&B based. Mm. You know, the samples were very R&B. So it must have been a little past that. You know what? It probably is when uh, T-Pain and them came out with the auto-tune. Right. Because remember when Lil Wayne had, I... had Lollipop? Yeah, yeah. Is that an R&B song? I don't know. Probably not, but he's no. singing on it. <laughs> You know what? You just made me think of something, though. We were talking about Timbaland. Yep. Who was who was one of the biggest R and B albums, R and B artists of the '90s? One of your favorites, Brandy. Yep. And what is one? Of, who is your, what is your favorite Brandy album? Arguably, Aphrodisiac. Sure. Yep, I would say that. Think about that. Think about that album, though. That was all because she came out with a totally different sound, and then she adapted then to that sound. Yeah. Think about that. Yep. So is that another example of? following trends or is that an example of evolving with the sound of the genre that's well 
I think here's my thing, right? So Brandy and Timbaland were both big time during that time period. Whereas nowadays, I think the difference is Mariah isn't necessarily big time, but YG is. So I think that's where your point comes in, where you're just like, okay, it seems like Mariah is just trying to hop on the current trends. Maybe that's maybe mm. that's what we're trying to figure out here. Right. So. Hmm. But anywho, that Mariah song I do like. Um, it's probably one of her strongest singles since that Miguel record. Right. But to be fair, like her last album wasn't necessarily. Sure. I got another one for you. Here's another. Here's another one for you. You love Neo's debut. But did that album take away from R&B and kind of push it away from where it came from? Think about the production on it. What do you mean by that? Think about the production on there. There's no live instrumentation for the most part. Sure. So did he kind of help tear things away or did he help or did he... It's an interesting question because he appeals to an older crowd, but also he didn't really have elements of like 90s R&B in his production. It was more so star, you know, um, what do you, Stargate, like futuristic type, you sure. know? Yep. Um, no, I, So I, it's an interesting thing. Well, I disagree <clears throat> with that because even on songs like uh, Sexy Love and Because of You, you know, there weren't necessarily live instrumentation, but they borrowed so much from Michael Jackson. Isn't sexy love like similar to human nature? Hmm. Yeah. But so isn't I, Michael Jackson a pop artist though? That's for another discussion. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, yeah. I'm just thinking about these things like albums we consider classics, which we actually love. But where do they where do they fit in in terms of the big picture of how do we end up where we are now? <laughs> right. I think it, <laughs> you know? it, it depends on certain albums that come out that really shift the genre. Um, I look at Confessions as one of them. I look yeah. at the the Future Sex Love Sound album as one of them. Um, there's certain albums that just right. change the whole landscape of of music. So um, The other one I would say is 808s and Heartbreak that changed the sound of music. And today, I don't, I don't really know. I don't, I, to be honest, I don't know how it got to this trap sound. Like we're gonna have to do some. Well, it's just imit. It's it's no, it's imitating hip hop. That's what it is. I mean, trap originated in the hip hop, and then it's like let's borrow that element and put it in R and B now. Yep. So R and B is is always gonna be ke- trying to catch up to hip hop now. Yep. So I mean, sure. that's how that's how I see it. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm sorry to offend people, but. You know, when you have people like Dram, or whatever ah. his name is, and... No, 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 here's my point. When you have people like that, and um, that Black Beatles song being popular, then people learn to settle for less vocally. People aren't, are conditioned to accept a lesser vocal. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep. So... Now R&B artists can get away with not being great singers. They can just incorporate hip hop elements or kind of imitate what's popular in hip hop. Sure. That's my. That's. You see what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. So I'm not. I'm not dissing when I already got yelled at once about. Yep. Did you even say it? Is it even pronounced Dram? I don't know. No idea. <laughs> the broccoli guy for those uh, 
who, who don't know. <laughs> don't you love that uh, that drop top raindrop song? I don't know that song. Anyways, we'll move on from that then. <laughs> um, can we talk about New yeah. now and BBD? Let's go with it. So I personally haven't had a chance to watch the uh, the biopic yet because I don't have BET. Um, did you get a chance to watch it? Did it? Do they have BET in Canada? I think they do, but you have to pay like $10 a month. And if I'm not buying CDs anymore, I'm definitely not paying for BET. <laughs> I'm, just Damn. It, I'm just keeping it real. Jeez. Yep. But well, uh, it, <laughs> we'll probably have to wait until another. I, I should, uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't watch TV. So. So, this, yeah. It's going to be it. one of those cases where uh, we'll have to wait for um, Ed. Who, by the way, did review yeah. the uh, BBD album. Yeah, actually, um, the response to the new edition thing was really good, though. I mean, I read all the the, the reviews and the and the feedback. People loved it, which is great. Um, yep. You know, new new edition or legends has got their star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You know, been in, at this since the eighties, so yep, it was cool to see them portrayed like that, and uh, people liked it. So um, hopefully, you know, there's more to come like that. I don't know. I don't know where they go from here. Well, I think there's you know, a the rumor to be there's a Jodeci one coming on VH1, I believe. Really? Who's casting that? Do you know? No, not not sure yet. But uh, Mr. Dalvin announced it on Twitter probably a week ago. So okay, that, that'll be an interesting one. They nice. have a really extensive story to tell. That will be a good one. <clears throat> but speaking of the BBD album, I mean, I want to wait till Ed's here so he can give us you know his review on it but did you notice on that bbd album the one of the very last songs was a song called incredible which we heard like three years ago from jay holiday yeah a couple of our readers pointed it out to us on twitter it was interesting and uh don't know how that happened because we had that jay holiday song in our top 100 that year i think in 2013 yeah it was a single i think and it was a good song and then uh and it got recreated by BBD of all people, it's, which is weird, but they did they did a fine job with it. I mean, you know, it's just interesting. Yeah, it's like how did that happen? But no idea. But uh, shout out to uh, Carvin and Ivan for the work on this BBD album, and also our friend KG for work on this new uh, BBD album. So they they all had production on there. Yep. So heard it sell sold about so, I mean, fifteen thousand first week so that's pretty good which is acceptable i mean for sure you know in this day and age i really wish we had numbers on like exactly how many people streamed it i mean i wish that was an option not how many streams but like how many people i mean i know it's probably hard to quantify but yeah uh who knows maybe maybe someday we'll have like more precise numbers and we can really see who's actually listening you know sure a couple of uh, but, other new songs that came out recently, Tom. Uh, Music Soulchild is back with a new song. Kind of came out of nowhere since he, he just had the project out less than a year ago. Yep. But, hey, great song. I like it a lot. Um, you know, it's kind of just stuck with the roots on that one, you know? Sure. Yeah, and uh, I'm okay with it. I personally like I Do a little more. Um but what's interesting about this single is it's not released on Warren Campbell's label, My Block. It's on his own, Soul Star. That's not interesting to me. Hmm. 
Well, I, what I, I mean by that is, <laughs> what I mean by that is, I think that he only had a one album deal in place with Warren Campbell. Sure. So they did. They did some great work together the, on that album. So kind of disappointing, but I'm sure. I'm sure music's gonna step up to the plate and you know create a good album on his own as well. And he's headlining a tour, which to me is impressive. That you know promoters recognize the fact that he has viable selling ability, and they're. They booked him to headline this new Soul Revival tour, yep. along with um, Kindred, the Family Soul, Avery Sunshine, Duele, and Chrisette Michelle. I think Duele and Chrisette are only on certain dates, so that's pretty cool. I don't know if Chrisette's going to be on any dates coming up. <laughs> that's that's another question for another time. Yep. Um, so there's that single that <laughs> came out. There's a couple of Aaliyah-influenced records that came out. One was from uh, her, H-E-R. She came out with one that sampled Come Over, which I think at this point is like the most sampled Aaliyah song ever. And then there's another yeah, song. I, I, I leave the site for one day, and all, I, all of a sudden I see a Jeremiah, a Jeremiah song being posted featuring Chris Brown and Big Sean, a Sid of the Internet song being posted. I'm like, did I log in the wrong site here? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Hey, we post quality, but uh, the Sid song is actually cool. It, you know, Sid is part of the internet. We haven't really featured them too much, but they do have a nice R&B vibe to it. Very soulful, but Sid came out with a debut album. The song that she has called No, it literally sounds like an Aaliyah song from 2001 off the uh, self-titled album. It's kind of crazy. Hmm. Yep. One of our uh, readers tweeted us that Kalani has some Aaliyah-sounding stuff on her new album. I actually haven't listened to it, but I know Aaliyah was one of her biggest influences. So, yep. uh, did you listen to it, right? I did listen to it. It's um, it's a little different from the Kalani that first started, but that's expected. Yeah. You, you you don't expect them to be the same as when they first started. Like we're not going to expect mixed yeah. Tinashe back. But um, Kalani had a had a couple of pretty good songs on there. I mean, Oak and Pop, who were big fans of, they produced most of the album. So, at its core, it still has some R and B elements to it. Um, but it's a little poppy, I'll admit. Yeah. Do you know what's one song we didn't post on the site, though? Which one? Omarion's new single. Oh, man. That was bad. Now, uh, do you want to speak on that? Because you're a big Omarion fan. So right. How did so, you feel when you heard that song? Okay, so first of all, I followed Omarion since B2K, when he went solo, when he put out Icebox. And his last album had some pretty solid joints on there. So I'm like, okay, well, Omarion's growing, you know, he's evolving as an artist, but let me check out this new song that he put out, and it sounds like the most generic club-banging R&B song I've heard in, in years. It's like three years too late. It's like he's still trying to ride that mustard wave, and it's like, that's over already, so. Um, yeah. Not very impressed, so we didn't post it on the site. Too. Man. Sorry. You know what, you know what that made me think of, though? Remember how we got into R&B? Like, we appreciated music that had feeling? Yep. Do, do people still have patience for music that has feeling to Probably it? Not. Like, do people even care? Do I don't think people care anymore about they, that. They, like, care that's just about, not a, they, they care about the artist that's giving them that feeling. They don't just care about the feeling. <laughs> which is interesting. Sense. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, um, I was on 112's Instagram page a while ago. I think it was either Duran or Q. They posted a snippet of a new 112 song they're working on. Tom, there's trap drums on that. it. 
and there's auto tune. No, there's not. No, there. I mean, it's not. It's not sing rapping, but there is a lot of auto tune for some reason. Well, you heard. Well, I don't know. Did you hear Slim's last album? Yeah. There was a little of that on there too. Yeah, that Yo Gotti song. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see. We'll see. We'll wait for the finished product to come out. Fair enough. Um, the last project I want to talk about right now is Kevin Ross, who signed a Motown. He's an artist that we literally discovered at Essence as he was walking into the press room. We probably did his first <laughs> interview ever, but it's been three years since then, and look at him now. He's about to top the Urban AC charts with Long Song Away. Correct me if I'm wrong, though, but that night, didn't you recognize his manager first before you recognized him? Yep. I, Ezekiel Lewis <laughs> from the writing group The Clutch is his manager, and I was going nuts over that, and you were chilling with Kevin Ross. Look, there's Ezekiel Lewis, and he has someone with him. Yep. Turns out it was actually a, a pretty. It was actually a pretty good singer. Yeah. Um, when's his album coming out? March, I believe, right? March. Let me get you the exact date. It is March seventeenth, I believe. Okay. I'm not. Har- yeah, either the seventeenth or the twenty fourth. I got to double check, but. Right, like he's one of those yeah, artists, his- along with Ro James, I believe, and BJ the Chicago Kid. That's still keeping the authenticity of R&B alive. So, looking forward yeah. to that album. I don't know how many people are actually going to listen to it. Probably just me. But I'm that's looking forward not cool. to it. That's, that's, that's not even cool, though. I mean, it really deserves to get heard by everyone who loves real, genuine R&B music. But Yep. I mean, if you don't know, you know Kevin it, Ross wrote some of the Trey Song singles that have come out recently. So, he's talented. So Wait, uh... Which university did he go to? Um, Berkeley, I believe. No, no. Yeah, it was Berkeley. Troy Taylor University. Oh, right. He went to that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Who else came out of that? Trey? I think Carl Thomas came out of that. Yeah, uh, there's been a few. John T. Austin. And oh, uh, Elijah Blake. No, uh, what was that? There was a younger artist, too. Um, he didn't really blow up, though. I think he was on Atlantic. Okay. Trevor Trevor Jackson was it? I can't remember. Oh, okay. Hmm. Interesting. I, but um, it's been a few. Troy Taylor is a you know he's had a lot of history in music. Yep. So good on him. Um, I want to quickly. So go I mean, can yeah, I go, go into the uh, food discussion? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, so I was on Twitter yesterday looking at the trending topics and they were actually having a full-on debate about whether people put ketchup in their fridge or in their pantry Mm. that's an easy one though what is it it goes in the fridge doesn't it i thought so too but there's like 33 percent of people that believe it doesn't doesn't the bottle say keep refrigerated we'll have to confirm later on but (laughs) well someone's argument and actually, you know what? I went on the Heinz ketchup website, and it says, yeah, you got to put it in the fridge once it's been opened. But someone wrote, you're sick if you put cold ketchup on some hot-ass fries. Which is true, too. Yeah. 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 It just doesn't have the same taste if it's hot. I mean, think about it. Yeah. I mean, warm. Yeah, I mean, warm. Like, yeah. it's... Is it meant to be cold? 
No idea. Well, if you go to McDonald's and you get Wait. packets. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, 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 the packets are warm, though. I just yeah. thought about that. So hold yeah. on. <laughs> we might have to rethink this whole thing. <laughs> um, a friend of mine who's a chef yeah. said that uh, it should be kept in a cool, warm place. It loses flavor if it's really cold. Hmm. Mm. Didn't know that. Yeah. What about those places that have, like, the big thing where you just pump it into, like, a little cup? You have to use a knife to get the ketchup out? <laughs> no. no. What? Not the, oh, you're talking about the ones at McDonald's, the little pump things, right? Yeah, they give you, like, a little cup, like, a paper little, cup yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah, and you pump it. But I'm talking about, I always like, thought that was kind of gross. Like, I'm talking about the ones at IHOP. You know how they give you, like, a bottle of ketchup? Oh, yeah, yeah. And if there's too much ketchup, it doesn't go down. Yeah. So. Wait, what about, what about those? What... The problem with those is in the beginning. Yep. If you don't shake it properly and you water. try to squirt it, yeah. it comes out. It's just, yeah, you ruin yeah. your whole food like that. It's all good. You put your ketchup in your <laughs> scrambled eggs anyway, so you're ruining it already. No, I don't. That's not me. <laughs> That's actually disgusting. Jeez. I don't put condiments on anything. You know me. Well, plain is where to go. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! Can I give a sh- can I give a shout out real quick? Yep. I gotta give a shout out to. I know everyone who's checked out our interviews in the past few years notices the graphics we have at the beginning. Yep. It's some pretty cool stuff we started with. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Desario. He's one of our readers and supporters. We've known yes, him for many yes. years. Yes. And uh, he just made some new ones for us. He created those, the ones we've been using, and some new ones. Nice. And we'd never asked him for anything. He just did it because he supports us, which I thought was really cool. So we appreciate you, man. I know he listens to these podcasts, too. He said he likes them. So thank you, man. We That definitely add another element to our, you know, to our interviews. And, you know, just really appreciate that. We've actually gotten a lot of shout-outs recently on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate all the love. A lot of you love. actually got a few... A, a bunch of people have hit us up about joining us on these podcasts, and I know you've talked to a few, right? Yep. I've actually had a chance to talk to one lady um, who we're going to incorporate into our podcast. So I know a lot of people are trying to join this thing, and we're all for it. We're just trying to figure out the best way to do it because, um, you know, we don't want you guys to act crazy up in here. We don't want a whole fight happening on the podcast, but we're trying to, we're trying to make it happen. I know <laughs> we have a lot of knowledgeable r&b fans 90s and 2000s that want to talk that r&b and we're trying to figure it out um trying to figure out the guests trying to figure out special guests different artists got a lot going on in in february and onwards we're trying to make it better starting with the quality hopefully we can get ed back on the next podcast but we're working on it luckily there haven't been any altercations on these podcasts right we pretty much get them done in like one take and we don't have to edit anything out. Ed does get a little wild sometimes. We've considered dropping him altogether, but, but, but he'll be back. Him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he listens to the ones that we do without him, but yep. if you're listening, Ed, uh, we'll talk soon and uh, figure out your contract negotiations yep. and work it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, before so, we get out of here, Tom. Uh, 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 mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was just going to say, that other than that, man, it's just such a slow time for R&B music right now. Scary. You know, we've been uh, we've been digging up a lot of rare gems for the site, yep. which are pretty cool. Some of them we've never heard before, and uh, 
trying to show you guys, you know, some of your the other music out there by some of your favorite artists you might never heard. Yep. But, like, it is a little scary. I don't even know. We usually do a post, like, upcoming albums for each month, and we didn't even have one for February in the first time, I think, since we've been doing this. So, yeah. Uh, I don't even know, like, what's, what's beyond, you know, Kevin Ross, obviously we know, but what is even, you know, like, coming up soon? I don't even... How did Kevin no Ross idea. get an album out before Seven Streeter? Oh man, that's sad. I don't know what's going on with Seven with, with Atlantic and Seven, and like why they won't just put her album out. Yeah, it's just I, I don't know how much you can do. Like she's putting out singles from the album, but no album. So by the time the album comes out, we would have heard the whole thing. The cool thing is, I still remember the first interview we did with her when Atlantic just signed her. I think it was back in 2013. Yeah, does that sound right? Sure. Yeah, it's 2017 now. That's and this cool. is no knock against Seven. <laughs> That's this cool. is not a knock against Seven Streeter. <laughs> yep. No, I mean it's cool because like the history, and I still hope she achieves success. Yeah. I'm just discouraged for her. We're huge supporters. We love her music. So. Yep. It's just, it's just, you know, I, the industry, man. It's crazy. You know. So we don't know what goes on behind the scenes or what they're telling her, and you know that's just the way it is. Yep. It. it is there anything else you know of that might be coming soon? Um, like, I think uh, Mary J should be, but... I heard Mary's coming in uh, April. Okay. Um, someone on Twitter was saying that she reworked her album a little bit. So Okay. That should be coming out in April. Whatever that... Um, Lloyd, I believe, is just putting out visuals for his EP that came out in December. I thought he would have... Mm -hmm you know proceeded to putting out an album but not in the card yet um man i think that's about it really yeah yeah uh i uh, i i can't even name anyone <laughs> right it's crazy um well yeah well donnell jones should be out soon i feel like i mean this is probably the best time to do it well <laughs> Let's see what happens with music, Soul Child. We'll see if he comes right out. Yep. I don't know. Before we get out of hey, here, you know, do you think it even makes sense to work an album anymore? No, I don't. Like the whole process of of quote unquote working an album, does that even make sense anymore? It it would make sense if the artists actually work the album, but a lot of times they just put out first week and then they just vanish. And I don't know how much. Uh, of that sorry, is due I, I, to... I I used the wrong uh, term. More so what I meant was, like, the build-up. Oh. Like, how much of a build-up is even required at this point compared to how it used to be? Probably not a lot. Like, the Keith Sweat fans, they're going to listen to the Keith Sweat album. I don't think any new fans are listening to Keith Sweat at this point. And no offense, because we love Keith, but the younger fans are listening to Little Yachty. <laughs> so. But, like, yeah, I mean, just to get people to know your project is coming. I feel yeah. like by the time you tell them, they forgot about it the next day. It's like... You know, it's so hard. Yeah. Attention spans are dwindling. Yep. Now, Tom, before we get out of here, Donnell Jones, we've been talking about him. He tweeted that uh, his favorite song that he's ever written is I Want You to Know. So, what's your favorite Donnell Jones song? My favorite Donnell Jones song and one of my favorite songs ever is You Know What's Up with Left Eye. Okay. Believe it or not. I'm sure Donnell has a personal reason, though, for that song. Maybe, you know... It's something special to him. Because it wasn't a single, right? Nope. So, what's yours, though? 
Oh, um, Shorty got it. Got her eyes on me. Ah, uh, good song. I think. I mean, yearning is good too. <laughs> it's a lot. Great song. Yep. Um, Great song. So when anywho, did you, when did you actually listen to that album, the My Heart album? Ooh, like last year. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it was, it was a little too dated for me. But as I listen to it now, I, no, I know I, I can rock but with it. I'm saying it's I'm saying it's good that you still can appreciate it, even though you weren't really into that music at the time. Right. You know. That's but anywho, Tom, uh, I guess we're gonna call it a day for this podcast. I know we've got the Super Bowl. Everyone wants to watch that. Hopefully, the next podcast will have Ed back around. Um, yeah, we got a couple of things lined up for our website. Hopefully, we got some more interviews. Um, Tom, anything you want to add? Now we'll just keep doing our best to uh, spread the word about R&B. Even no matter how slow it gets, we'll still be here, still pushing out these posts and uh, you know keeping the keeping doing our part. Cool. So that's Tom. This is Kyle. The you know I got someone stereo podcast is out. Peace. Peace.